where do you guys meet men? Is it all on apps and stuff? <laughs> do you like? Um, we sound like old farts. Where do you guys are on the apps? <laughs> no, but genuinely, I totally miss. Do you guys apps. meet on the apps? No, no. Okay, so so did I because I was <laughs> in a internet. relationship for seven years, and so when I got out of it, I was like, wait, what? A, what you want me to join? Like, what? Scary fears. Scary fun. Scary mommy speaks. <laughs> Welcome to Scary Mommy Speaks, your favorite podcast about everything motherhood, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And if you don't know Scary Mommy, you're in for a ride because we're the number one source of info and entertainment for moms across the country. We don't hold back. We tell it like it is. Being a mom is not all sugar canes and lollipops. This is the real deal. And if you've been enjoying the ride as much as we have, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast because it helps other moms find us. So how was your week, Carrie? Kind of, I just have been so forgetful. And I'm really not a forgetful person. I mean, I lost my Beats by Dre headphones, which I say the name brand because they're expensive. Yeah, they're super expensive. I lost them. Then I bought something in the store at like 2 o'clock and by 5 o'clock I lost it. And then today I walked out of the house with the baby in the like baby carrier on me and walking the dog trying to rush here to get to work. And I walked out of the house in New York City without shoes on. (laughs) You are listening to two real scary mommies who are very frazzled. I'm actually scared that I'm losing my mind. Losing their minds, don't know what they're doing all over the place. So today we are commemorating Labor Day. And how does one do that, Ashley? By telling our labor stories, which I think is amazing, super fun for Labor Day. Pushing a baby is A very, very difficult job. So, So. happy Labor Day, guys. Happy Labor Day. We're also going to be talking about single motherhood. So, can a married mom say she feels like one? Evidently, she can, but not in front of a single mom. I mean, at least according to the article we're sharing with you today. We are also getting some first-hand info from two amazing single moms who you might know from their popular podcast, Good Moms, Bad Choices. We love Love hanging with those ladies. We're really just celebrating all moms, whether they're single or not. And we're doing that by recognizing how much work they really do, just in their day-to-day, you know? The horror. Make sure to stick around for that. Uh, Carrie, yep. I love your nail polish. Where'd you get your nails done? Um, I wish I got my nails done. I do them myself, Ob. This one is my favorite color. It is so cool. I like. It's like very retro, you Thank know? Thank you. You have a good eye. The name of it is Disco Dust Hologram. Ooh, I love that. I know. It really brings me back to those days when I would stay up, dance all night underneath a disco ball, or outside, or on top of the hood of my car with people taking videos. Wait, really? What yes. kind of car are you dancing on? Oh, she was a Toyota Camry. She was a hand-me-down. And her name was Executive Lilac. It was the best car ever. That is such a good name. It sounds like the name of a nail polish color. It should be. I just love this polish. So what kind is it? I, I need to have this in my okay. life. It's called Floss Gloss. Okay. They have all kinds of custom and curated colors. Plus, the nail polish is cruelty-free, which is free of lots of common nail polish chemicals. And it's vegan. Wait, isn't all nail polish vegan? No, it isn't. Just go to shop.scarymommy.com and put in code SPEAKS for 15% off and get flossed and glossed like a boss. It's time for our Crushing It Crown. Crushed it. Crushed it. And now it's time for the... Crushing it crown. Okay, so this week's Crushing It Crown is going to Naomi Osaka, the 21-year-old 
previous U.S. Open champion. She's a champion to me this time around. Yeah. So she uh, just had a, a match with Coco Goff. Yep. A 15-year-old. Um, Coco ended up losing. Yep. And Naomi just was such a great sportsman, uh, showed great sportsmanship. Am I even speaking about sports correctly at yeah, this point? Yeah, I think point? so. You sound like you know what you're doing, even though you don't. I have absolutely not the foggiest, um, especially when it comes to well, tennis. the kind of interesting thing is the year before Naomi won uh, against Serena in that match that was the, the so, rep, like— the ref, not the rep. The ref went crazy under that huge shouting match. Right. And so, she, one, she didn't really get to, like, the audience booed when she won because of the Serena thing. Right, because everyone loves Serena Williams. Bringing it back to Naomi Osaka uh, and Coco Goff. Uh, so, basically, Naomi Osaka won, and she went over immediately and gave uh, Coco a hug and asked her to do the post-match interview with mm-hmm. her. And these two young ladies were so lovely. They both handled themselves with so much grace and so much class. And um, I feel like I'm perpetuating a stereotype by using the word grace because we're talking about female tennis players. But I do think that that word should apply to men also. Well, what I was going to say is that, you know, um, Naomi the year before when she won, couldn't really celebrate her win because of the outbursts and people booing her. And she ended up walking off kind of crying with her with her um, her little tennis visor visor over her eyes. Like it was just like not the That's easiest sad. win. So I think what's really lovely about this is that she has learned what it's like to have a hard time processing emotion in front of people and how tricky both winning and losing can be. Yeah. And that she was able to not only be like a ruthless competitor on the court, but then to be like a kind and compassionate human immediately after, like just do a quick, not that playing ruthless tennis isn't compassionate, but you know what I mean. She was able to be like a fierce competitor, like put on that kind of warrior kind of hat and then be super kind to like let's be real a 15 year old year old yeah it's incredible yeah that this girl is so incredibly talented at 15 years old but both of these young ladies one's 15 naomi is 21 and, and she's been playing for oh when she was younger too i mean she started playing to quote the new york times uh they quoted Coco Goff saying, for me, the definition of an athlete is someone who on the court treats you like your worst enemy, but off the court can be your best friend, Goff said later. I think that's what she did tonight. And I I feel like what a beautiful understanding of sportsmanship. Not only that, but they're even stepping up the level but the level of sportsmanship that I just, we see. Right. I just really, I think this is a beautiful lesson for everybody who's involved, whether male or female, that, you know, you can handle a loss and a win nicely. I mean, that's what we try and teach our children, right? You know, just of note is that um, this was Goff's first U.S. Open. She's 15 years old. Yep. And she, like, basically Osaka just pounded her. Like, totally. On on the field. Is it a field? Cor- it's a court. On the court. On the court. Um, I'm, she lost I'm two and a... Zero for zero today. Lost both sets. Okay. Just, like, murdered, right? And so one of the things is this is her, she's got to be I mean she's got to be nervous she's 15 this is her first US Open she won nothing yeah. that first time out and so one of the things <clears throat> excuse me that Osaka said to her behind behind um, the scenes but they were recording it so it wasn't no really no no that's the the, in the, it was in the post interview oh okay so they she said is like I'm not gonna let you 
go down. Like, I, I know you're going to cry, but I'm not going to let you go down that road. Sorry, right? that was behind right. the scenes. I'm not going to let you go down that road. I want you to come do the interview with me, the post-game interview, and cry. It's okay. Like, tell these these people came to see you, and they're tell them how you're feeling. And so allowed her to process it in the moment. Yeah. Um, which is really helpful because what? she was like, I don't want this to get to you. Yeah. I don't want this to bring you down because Osaka, it is a psychological game. Yeah, it's and just Osaka like knows how it feels because she has been in the US Open now multiple times and she started very young. Another thing I really like is that Yeah, I was gonna the, the what's really nice is that they she called out uh um Goff's parents. Mm-hmm. Her, her dad's been very influential, same as Osaka's dad. Yeah, saying that they did such a nice job raising a great athlete which I also love. She called her a great athlete, not a great girl, not a great kid, a great athlete. Um, And, you know, they train together, or not together, but they train in Mm -hmm. the same place in Delray Beach. Um, So I just think, what a beautiful thing to call out somebody's parents out of love and and in a loving way. Osaka even said that before the match, she saw... Goff hug her dad yeah. and that she was like, don't do this to me. I'm going to start crying. I'm going to start crying even before the match. Like they, their fathers, both of their fathers have been very influential. They both sound like such really, really nice girls. I and uh, Athletes, really nice athletes. Sorry, really nice athletes. And as somebody who is not um, interested in the sport, I will actually keep an eye out for these two because how lovely they both are. And I also would like to say. Kind. Here's like a, a, a confession. Mm. I am a terrible sportsman. That is the least surprising thing you could have told me, actually. <laughs> I am competitive, and I don't I don't throw fits, but when I lose, I just get quiet and walk away. Yeah. I can't good game it, really. Here's a confession also. So am I. Okay. <laughs> I'm bad at losing. So, um, But that's yeah. why I don't play things professionally. I mean, I know <laughs> I'm a bad sportsman when it comes to anything. So I just want to say that these girls are an inspiration to me that I need to step it up because totally. I'm compassionate in so many other aspects of my life. Well, you can use Osaka and Goff as um, as guiding lights for you. Yes. For your future uh, athletic career. Which is probably over, but I'll keep it in mind. I mean, you're never, <laughs> you're never too old to start Playing something. Never too old to start a sport that's terrible on your aging knees. All I want to say is I've been heckled by children playing mini golf, so that's how athletic I am. That is a true story. So Carrie and I read this article called The Invisible Workload of Motherhood is Killing Me. Yes, and we had to share it because it's about all the shit moms do every day that's just like wrote, like reflexively we do them. Right. It's all the things big, small that moms just do. And if we didn't do them, everything would be a disaster. Or maybe we just think everything would be a disaster. I don't know. I was a disaster this morning when I had mental <sighs> overload, walk the dog barefoot. You know, things have to get done, Carrie. But what would happen if we didn't? Do the that? world would fall apart. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, what the author of this article had to say is it's not just making, quote, it's not just making dinner every night. It's knowing what everyone likes, deciding what to make, having a mental inventory of what's already in the fridge and cupboards, picking up the groceries and knowing which night we won't be home for dinner because of soccer. It's packing the leftovers into a Tupperware and making a mental note of when it'll go bad. It's noticing that maple syrup has spilled in the back of the fridge and silently cleaning it up, tossing out an old salad dressing and some uneaten pasta as you go, end quote. 
Everybody's list is different, though. She literally listed half of the things that I've done this week. Uh, yeah. We had a spillage in the refrigerator. There's always a spillage. I had to figure out that we were going to miss one of Luna's swimming lessons. I mean, literally, this woman just read my mind. There, there I have a big, or had a big, uh, I don't even know what it's called, a huge Tupperware of cut watermelon from Sebastian's birthday in July <laughs> sitting in the fridge. That's alcohol now. <laughs> it was mold, and it was so gross that I could not bring myself to throw it out and asked Matt like three times, please throw it out for me. I can't touch it. I'm going to vomit. Did he do it? Yeah. Okay. Yay, Matt. Good it took job. a lot of asking, but he finally well, did. Let's just see what everybody else had to say. Okay. So Catherine says, my husband who does his best, but he's working from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. And I work very part-time hours from home. Complains about how hard it is to get anything done when he's home with the kids. And yet I manage the groceries, the laundry, the errands, and the homework, and the various activities, haircuts, clothes, dishes, cooking, etc. While those exact same kids are in my possession, it's one of you, the universe's great mysteries. I I, I couldn't even get through that sentence. I know. That's how much my mental load was. I don't want to dog on Matt too much because he is actually pretty helpful. But I have to say, I'm really glad to know that I'm not the only one whose husband is like, well, I, you know, it's just I don't want to do that with the kids. I know. I'm like, no, no shit. Kid. Neither of us want to yeah, do this like, with the kids. I don't but either. we do. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle says, I'm going to write, you're on your own now. Peace out on my headstone. I'd like to make a mess in the house before I go if I could. Sweet revenge. I love that That's, one. That's good. That's, <laughs> That's a really good one. Summer says, I hit complete and utter burnout a couple of years ago. Physically and mentally, I could not continue the perfect mom routine. I asked my family for their help, like doing their own laundry and kids do all the dishes and let some standards slide a little. We didn't die. Take time for yourself. Breathe. You know why I like this one? Why? She asked for help. She asked for help. My son is, you know, Sebastian's two, and I don't feel like I've ever been the perfect mom. I feel like I get burnt out, and I'm just flat out like, you know what? The laundry's going to sit for a week and a half. I'm not going to make dinner tonight. We're going to order takeout. I haven't really, like, I feel like compared to these these women who are like, I do this, 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 and this, I don't, I kind of just, like, let it go half the time. So I, I, I feel like I can't really complain. Agreed. I have a friend who I, one of my best friends, I hung out with her yesterday. She has triplets. And she, we were talking about this exact same thing that I just sometimes get frustrated with how much mental load and yep. how can't get stuff done. And she's like, when I had the triplets about eight months or something after, um, I was just so over it that I just walked out of the house for like a day and a half. Good for and her. And I was like, he's going to figure it out. And she's like, he's never, ever given me shit again. That's amazing. I was like, yeah, preach, girl. That's amazing. Jamie says, yes, mothers bear the brunt of much of the invisible work, but your life shouldn't be one long, endless bout of exhausted suffering. Time to figure out what you can let go of, where you can lower your standards, where you can ask for slash pay for help, what you can order online. If what you're doing is killing you, it's time to make some changes, however small. See, this I can get behind. Jamie's like, like a life coach. Yeah, Jamie. Like, there. why? Why put ourselves through constant, endless struggle and suffering like there are real things to suffer through laundry can wait in honor of some of our confessions from the past just buy the costco cookies put them on a plate pretend you made them yeah whatever you need to do totally oh you know what i need ashley sleep yeah but that's not what i'm talking about money yeah but again not what i'm talking about but thanks for reminding me of all the (laughs) things that i need I need more jewelry, but something that's not just regular. I want something, like, unique and stylish. Well, funny you should say that because I have the perfect thing for you. It's called The Giving Keys. Is that, like, a kid's book? Giving Keys? It sounds like it, right? Or a Lifetime movie. Yeah. About a woman who goes through a journey. 
I love that. Wearing overalls or something. I don't know. That's our story. Yes. <laughs> uh, even better than Lifetime, founder Caitlin Crosby has created a social enterprise with an amazing mission. So she basically turns old keys into stylish jewelry, and then she stamps inspirational messages on them. She's essentially created a, a pay-it-forward company. That sounds awesome. I love keys in general, so I'm totally stoked for that jewelry. But what is a pay-it-forward company? So every sale helps create employment opportunities for people transitioning out of homelessness. Isn't that nice? Oh, my gosh. That's so nice. Yeah. So I can get jewelry and feel like I'm doing something good. Yes, you can. It's jewelry you can feel good about. So far, the Giving Key has created 70-plus jobs and 150,000-plus hours of work and counting, which is pretty amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Ashley, tell me where I can get this Giving Key jewelry. I feel like you know the answer to this. Is it shop.scarymommy.com? Yes, and don't forget to use code SPEAKS for 15% off. So today we have not one, but two guests on our show. That's right. They're the hosts of the popular podcast called Good Moms, Bad Choices. It's very titillating. I just wanted to say tit. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I want to know what that means. So let's find out. Mila and Erica, how are you guys doing? Hey, good. Good. welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. So tell us a little about your podcast. Like, what is it? What does it mean? Let our listeners know. <clears throat> it's exactly what it means. Good moms, bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's what it's. Like. We don't Literally. beat around the bush. We're here. Yeah. So me and Jamila are both uh, single parents living in LA. I have a daughter. She's four. Her name is Irie. I have a daughter. She's also four. Uh, her name is Luna. Like your daughter. <laughs> are they friends because? of you guys do you think you're forcing the friendship or you think they'd be friends anyway they'd be friends anyway but i definitely forced it (laughs) so our podcast is really just about parenthood Uh, we talk about sex dating love um witchcraft (laughs) mental health and growth all of our bad choices and everything in between when did you guys become single moms like were you single moms the whole entire time or no i became a single mom two years ago in september but who's counting yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think um i became single probably around two like when my daughter was two and i was like i'm not doing this shit anymore I'm out. <laughs> Are your the fathers a part of your your kids' lives? Like, how do you share time? Do you co-parent? What's the situation? Yes, Irie's dad is um, definitely a part of her life. Um, he's an artist as well, and so he travels a lot. So our schedule, our co-parenting schedule, is off a lot. But I'm really lucky. Like, he wants to be involved, and he's a great father. And I hate him sometimes, but you know. We're working on that. I'm married and I dislike my husband sometimes, <laughs> so I don't see why anything We're actually would in a really great place right now, so let me not jinx that. Yeah. But it took a Keep lot that vibe going. of work to get here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Yeah, like, I don't even want to say I'm grateful. Luna's dad is very present. I am grateful, but what I'm saying is, like, duh. He's right. supposed it to be. It shouldn't right. be a question. That's it's what like, happens. Right. <laughs> you go half on a baby. You right. take that baby half the time. Yeah. That's not a, you're not the greatest. <laughs> um, no, but they have a good relationship. I Oh, okay. I'm going to drop gems right yeah. now. Yes. So anybody that's going through co-parenting situation, it's new to you. Let me tell you the schedule. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, Jamila's, yeah, Jamila's co-parenting Pro schedule. Tips. I thought you were going to sell this schedule. I, I, I really feel like I should. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday... One parent has the baby. Wednesday, Thursday, the other parent has the baby. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it goes back. The following week, you swap. Monday, Tuesday, the opposite person has it. So that way, everybody has a weekend. Sometimes you get a only like two days out the week. Sometimes you get the full five. But the point is, you get a weekend. You get space. You get space. 
and don't feel guilty. Like I think as moms, we feel guilty when we have less time because you're like, oh, I'm the mama, blah blah. And like if you're breastfeeding, that's one thing. If you're not, don't feel guilty. That baby needs to have fifty fifty time. What is your biggest challenge so far? Like as single parents, you think? I honestly think it was releasing the idea that um, being a single mom was like a, a huge failure. Like I had to like just let that go. As soon as I let that go, I was happier. I was happy. I wasn't happy in my relationship, obviously. And um, it was holding me back as a human being. And as soon as I was like, just because I'm not with my, like, I'm not doing my child a disservice and I'm not doing myself a disservice and I'm not like some statistic, Mm -hmm. then when I release that, and, and I still struggle with that, it's still hard because I still feel like, Where is my picket fence? You know, like, why don't I have a dad that does this? Why can't you just get a 401k and insurance and take care of me like I dreamed of? (laughs) If if I can speak for the, like, conventional Mm -hmm. kind of way of doing it, I have never thought that being a single parent is, like, a shameful thing. Ever. I don't know where I got that from. I mean, I don't I don't know. I, maybe that's a thing that I'm just not in tune with, but I've never thought that. I feel like if you're not happy in your situation, that's going to affect everything We else. find all kinds of ways that we can criticize ourselves. Totally. So you, right. picked, you probably right. would have picked something else if it wasn't that, you know? Right. How about you? What do you think about your so far? I was, I was raised by a single mom as well, mm-hmm. um, so... I don't know. I think even though I was raised by a single mom, I knew that if I did have kids, I didn't want to be I didn't want to be single. I saw her struggle. I wanted to I when I got pregnant with and you know, me and her father were still together, I was like, are you down to do this together because I'm not doing this alone. I need to know. And that's dumb because you can't ever guarantee that. But I like literally was like, I need guarantees. And he was like, I got this. We're going to be together, baby. Like together forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when it when it when we did not when it didn't work out I felt like a complete failure I felt like wow this is exactly what I didn't want Mm -hmm. and so yeah releasing that and also think releasing the fact that you know I can still I can be a single parent and like I don't know it's still weird like dating and navigating that space and everything I think for this I think the same with Jamila is like letting go of that I, I, I don't I've totally let that go like I don't feel any sort of regret. You, you never feel any sadness about that? I mean, of course I feel I feel more sad about my relationship being failed. Not as a single, not because of Irie. Mm. Like, I don't want her to see me unhappy with him. Right, right. You know, so no. So anyone who listens to Good Moms, Bad Choices mm-hmm. knows that you guys date. Mm-hmm. How, because I can't imagine having, like, being able to find the space for that with my because of my kid mm-hmm. because it's so time consuming so how do you guys make it work how it's do you her, like it's her schedule yeah it's the girl I'm telling no, you 99 just no, honestly Jamila's schedule I'm not even kidding 999 cash at me right <laughs> there was a moment in time where our, me and her dad's schedule like we're both in town for an extended amount of time so that schedule actually did work and so that's when like my dating was at an all time high yeah um, but you just make it work you just make it you know thankfully I have a you have a tribe you have yeah. a tribe of women that support and That's that like help 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 out like hey like I'm gonna go on a date can you watch her for a few hours I'll be back you know you have to make yourself a priority I mean and, and not that all tender dates are a priority because <laughs> they're not but <laughs> at but some point some of them some are. of yeah. them are <laughs> and you know and, and sometimes it's fun to get attention and going outside like when I left that relationship and 
got dressed up and went out with my friends and had a drink. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I'm a human being. I look good, you know. Like, yeah. but that wasn't there before. And some, you know, some people like dread that part. And dating's not that fun, but you know, getting dressed up is. Yeah. I mean, even for you, like, I like me, you might not have that space or have that time, but you 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 have to figure something out. Totally. Like, whether it's like even just. Like reenacting a date in your home, yeah. Like, like putting on putting on some like, lingerie, like, yeah. Putting a candle on the table, like we're at we're at a restaurant. I'll, yeah. I'll come serve you guys. Yeah. One moment, let oh me go God, get hi. hi. Let me go get Anybody have any food allergies? Hold on. Don't come in. Don't come in. I'm going <laughs> to taste this bottle first. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's like such an important thing. Where do you guys meet? men is it all on apps and stuff do you like um, we sound like old farts where do you guys are on the app? Okay, I so, genuinely i totally miss you guys apps. meet on the app no no okay so so did i because i was on in a internet. relationship for seven years and so when i got out of it i was like wait what, what you want me to join like, what i've mostly met people in real life honestly wow um i feel like that doesn't wow, happen real life? anymore yeah real life um i love that there's nothing better than meeting. But in they're real usually life. like recycled. Like all the guys mm. I've dated in the recent have been like From former the, flames. Right, like right. Eh. It's, so it's I not love, really I, that I great. I love a good do over every yeah, once in a they're, while. They're not a bad idea. They're fun. I'm good. Although on usually the, the same reason why I was bad the first time is the same reason. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm like I'm good on the do overs. Sometimes the familiar is like, oh, let's try that again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we've actually um, both did a, we did a dick talks, mm-hmm. which is a dick detox yeah. um, because I was like is that like TED Talks <laughs> you, I could kinda. do a TED Talk kinda. about this dick yeah. kinda do you tell the new guys that you're dating or when you meet them do you tell them you have kids or always, always. Yeah. always. How right can, can you imagine not, like it's like a, a, no. a, a side person like in a yeah. side. secret life you have yeah I would think that would be I so I always strange. lead with that because if you can't handle that then we're not this isn't going to work yeah. in any capacity because my kid's coming to the next date that's always my favorite date on The Bachelor. You know, there's always like the token single mom or token single dad every season. Mm-hmm. And I always love to see how The Bachelor Bachelorette reacts to that person when they bring the kid in. Because sometimes they just freak Wait. out. Sometimes they're like, you're being eliminated this week. <laughs> and then sometimes you can see they freak out but, and they don't actually eliminate that. It's well, just, they'll keep them around because they feel bad. Or oh, like, yeah. yeah. And sometimes they like truly fall in love with the people. They're just like. Mm-hmm. I love this side of you. I think it's it. You know, it's something I have no concept of. So it's so interesting to watch on TV. Yeah, it could go either way, but ultimately, I you need to know that this is the priority. Yeah. You're not. It's yeah. a package deal. Yeah. What advice would you guys give to single moms? I know there are moms who have been single for years and are going through dry spells. Like, what would you, what would you tell them to kind of like, go out there? I feel like it's not a rush. I feel like uh, when you have a kid, it's already. Another human. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot. I think when you're, I, you'll know when you're ready. And sometimes you do have to force yourself. I think sometimes the motherhood, like the, the, the routine of being a mother and the losing yourself could be so big that we forget that we're important. And I think that's important. You're important. And to remember that you're important. Yeah, I feel like for me, like because I did not feel like myself for so long, I really had to like push my I really did have to push myself. Tinder literally was the best thing that happened to me as a single mom. Because Honestly, I should be like the face of she Tinder. Really also, because people because people, even if it's not real, people are making you feel good. They're like, oh, hey, it's, you know? it's literally instant gratification. It's like yeah. instant gratification. If you are having an issue with like 
self-esteem. <laughs> There's somebody that's Get on Tinder. Right. Get on Tinder. Literally, that's what I did. It was like, the, it was the perfect thing for me initially. Now, for me now, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted about dating apps, even though I just said I did joined one today. Um, but I will say, like, it really helped me get out there. It helped me just get in the groove of just like, okay, going on dates. I still got it. Okay, I'm or cute. Or even putting your mind in that mind yeah, space like to I'm, create I'm the universe to be like, someone I'm, can come right. to me now. I'm open. I'm open yeah. to something yeah. like that. Yeah, baby. So tell us, <laughs> so tell us how, how our listeners can find you and all, all the spaces that they can find you at. Um, we're on Instagram at goodmoms underscore bad choices. Check out our Patreon. Um, we have d- different tiers for that. Yeah. Um, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and all that stuff. Yeah. All and the also, uh, you can check us out on at goodmomsbadchoices.com. We have a newsletter. We do meetups. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. If you're in the LA area, we do a lot of uh, fun meetups. And hopefully, we'll be doing We had a live show in LA, and we're hoping to bring that to New York soon. Next we'll year, we're fine. all doing Coachella. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't nobody buy tickets. No, exactly. <laughs> Why do you get in for free? Oh, I'm, oh, oh yeah, no, you don't ever. You I'll don't ever you. have to yeah, buy tickets. Yeah. Not with us. <laughs> so, Ashley, my mom was a single mom, so I have a lot of feelings about single moms. Yeah, most of them all absolutely respect. Obviously, but. totally. I think I can't imagine having that entire load. On just yourself. I know. Well, we found this article about a single mom who is saying, married women, stop comparing yourself to single moms. The author, who is a single mom, is calling out those married moms who chose to stay home after they have a baby and then complain about feeling like a single mom. Also, can, before before I, before I say what I'm going to say, I think choose to stay home is also a tricky word. Because sometimes it's not totally a choice. Sometimes it is. I just feel I like think that's a tricky word. It just, I, and maybe it's because I did choose to stay home. I did. I did too. I feel like it's a. It's a. There's a lot of judgment in that one word in this context. But you and I did choose to stay home. Totally. But I think that a lot of people don't necessarily have the choice. They they have to. You think so? I think so. Anyway. It's definitely you know a lot of times when you choose it as we have right. it's a privilege. Correct. You know. And basically, let's all be real, dads can be dicks sometimes. They have a dick, they can be a dick. And she's pointing out that single motherhood is like an entire different level. It's a game all on its own. Yeah. Husband gone five out of seven nights of of the week for work? Yep, not a single mom. Husband works nights and you work days? Still not a single mom. Husband doesn't lift a finger around the house to cook, clean, or care for the kids? Not a single mom. Husband is included in any of your vernacular when describing your relationship status? Not a a single mom. Yeah, she brings up the emotional support, the conversation, the financial help, the having a person there makes it all very different, which, I, again, not in that situation. But I, I do think she has a point there. But so what if your husband doesn't work, doesn't help, and the sex sucks? That sounds like a good portion of everybody's <laughs> it does, lives. doesn't it? It does. Anyway, you guys had a lot to say about this. Bianca says, moms, stop comparing yourselves, period. It's not a fucking competition. Bianca, one more time for the people in the back. Be nicer. Be nicer. Every, yeah, exactly. Right. Caroline says, being a single mom, ooh, she must be British. Being a single mom is by far easier than being with a lazy man who doesn't contribute anything emotionally to his wifeless children. I have to tell you, I hope you only get the British ones because you (laughs) always break out the accent and it's so good. It's not necessarily good. I also feel a little bit, I'm so conflicted with this article because 
I always say to my friends, sometimes the worst kind of loneliness is when you're not alone totally. and you feel lonely. Yep. Is, I have felt the worst when I've been in a relationship that I feel alone in than when I was just alone. So I'm really conflicted. Sometimes having a person that's just not there for you at all is a different kind of torture than not having anyone at all. Uh, Lauren says, I'm the stay-at-home mom whose husband works tremendous hours, 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. Wow, that's a lot of Oof. hours. And I will still not identify as a single mom. Seriously, standing ovation to the truly single moms who get their kids to school on time, have organized after-school pickups or daycare if need be, and still manage to pay the bills. I honestly can't fathom how single moms do it, and I will forever look up to women as strong as you. I agree. I agree. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think I've shared this on the podcast yet, but I had a pregnancy before Luna with another partner that I ended up, I got pregnant and then he was not going to be there and I was going to choose to have the baby regardless. And I wonder that if I was a single mom, like I thought I was going to be, yeah. if someone who was getting a divorce, like if they said we're the same, I would have been like, no, bitch, you're not. Like, I wish that there wasn't like a comparison. Yeah. I wish that we could just respect people's journeys and ask them real questions and listen. And then you can say... I feel you or like I, I hear what you're saying because but to say like one is worse or better than the other why does there have to be this scale people want to feel like they are seen right totally and so sometimes what we do is we lump people on the same category so that people can feel like they're a part of something but sometimes that makes things worse. And I do want to make the other argument. There are times where I'll be talking to somebody and they'll be telling me a hardship that they're having in their life. And I'll say, oh, my God, me too. I totally get it. It's not to be like, oh, I get it. I'm bad off, too. It's to be like, hey, I want to emotionally support you in this moment and have you not feel alone and make you feel like somebody can relate to you and understand where you're coming from. So this is kind of just teaching me that maybe like also I that's never not wanted, the right way. I never wanted to feel a pity party when people are like, totally. oh, you're going to have this baby by yourself. I was like, yeah, I made the decision. It's not a pity thing. Right. And don't expect me to babysit your kids. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Normally, we read your confessions, Scary Mommies, but this week, we are switching it up a little bit in honor of Labor Day. Instead of confessions, we have something way, way scarier. So much scarier. Birth stories. Because we both have some fun ones. Yours is I don't want to scare anybody. I'm going to leave out some of the traumatizing because there could be some moms who are pregnant and hadn't had their baby yet. When I was six months pregnant, I was meditating, and I had three premonitions. The bad one was that I was going to hemorrhage during labor and possibly die. My favorite thing is the baby came out. And I was so out of it from the drugs that I didn't, I couldn't hear her. And I was really nervous something was wrong. And I kept thinking I was speaking and saying, is she okay? But evidently no sound was coming out of my mouth or I was whispering. And I just thought everyone was rudely ignoring me. <laughs> so then all of a sudden the first sound the baby made was, ah, choo. She did a huge sneeze. Instead <laughs> of a cry, she sneezed. That's so cute. The entire Wait, um, OR like hysterically started laughing. It was like she came out of my geriatric vagina or stomach and was like, Oh, it's dusty in there. <laughs> so then as they're like sewing me up or whatever, I start to feel really weird. I just start to I start to feel my body like coming I'm hovering above myself they wheel me back into recovery and my mom who had promised me that she would pay attention to me instead of the baby because she's of this, a former nurse she's a former nurse she's just recently retired she looks at me and she's like you don't look good your color looks really weird and then she said how do you feel and I like came back into my body and I said to her I'm losing time 
And then I like went away again. She said it was the scariest shit she ever heard. And that in the ER, sometimes when people are getting ready to like code, they'll say something really profound like that. So she was like, oh, my God, her premonition is coming too. She told the doctor to come in. They pressed my stomach blood everywhere. Oh. So I was hemorrhaging. So exactly what I thought happened, happened. My mom saved my life. They had said if she had not caught it so soon, it would be a totally different circumstance. Hearing that is why I did Bradley Method, because right. I really wanted to avoid a C-section. Me too, not, girl. not for anything other than just the idea of being cut open scares the crap out yeah. of me. Sebastian was due July 5th. He I guess was very comfortable and we call it my hot tub. He yeah. was just in the hot tub, didn't want to come out. Nothing worked. My my doctor, who I also loved, she was amazing. She was like, listen, we're going to induce you on a Wednesday night. That way Thursday I'm I'm at the hospital and I can deliver. That was what you. they wanted to do with me, Wednesday night induction. Right. Yeah. And I think technically that was a week anyway. Mm-hmm. And it maybe it was like a day difference. But she was like, I, we just like vibed. Right. And I wanted her to be my doctor. Um, so they, you know, they do the Cervidil go to sleep. They do the... um, Pitocin? Yes, the Pitocin. That doesn't take. They do another thing of Pitocin. And I'm doing everything to try and make contractions start happening. And then all of a sudden, I'm in like the active labor phase of contractions, but I'm only dilated two centimeters. And I had been at this for basically a day. But it was just getting so bad. I was in so, so much pain and I couldn't do anything. And I was finally like, give me the epidural, which was I was so scared of doing. It's the best thing that ever happened. I have to tell you, if I if some reason I ever got pregnant again, just give me the drugs from the beginning. I'd be like, can you give me the epidural at home so that as the ride there is a little bit nicer? Can I drink it? Like, just tell me. Because I had a panic attack on the way to the hospital. If I had that epidural, I'd be Uh, like, woo. It was amazing. It was the best thing. Finally, they're like, listen. If you don't start, like, you know, the, I forget what it's called, but the pushing phase. Yeah. Uh, if that doesn't happen soon, we're going to have to give you a C-section because the baby's heart rate is bad. And I'm just like, oh, all right. Well, we did all this. You got to do what you got to do. And then I, it comes. You know, that moment where you're like, they, so for those of you who have not yeah, been in labor. I actually don't know what you're oh, talking about okay. I didn't go into labor. So um, you essentially feel like you just have to take, even numb, you feel like you have to take a massive shit. It always comes back to poop with us. Always. Do you know what the best part of the entire labor process is, other than meeting your baby, falling in love, yada, yada, yada? When they pull, I don't even remember that part. I ugh. was so drugged up. I don't remember meeting my baby. When they pull the placenta out, that is the greatest feeling. Like when you, like when you poop? Better you, than what any. What does it feel like? It just feels like this big old bag of jelly. And you're numb <laughs> also. But it's like this bag of jelly comes out. And it's all of a sudden like you're just empty. It, I can't. I wish. I, now I'm really jealous of that feeling. Oh, man. that was the most amazing feeling. If I would do it all again just to have the placenta taken out because it was like, oh, shit, that's great. Well, maybe I didn't have that feeling because they left some in. Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> maybe you were too busy hemorrhaging. Right. Hey, Scary Mommies. We want to hear from you. We want your feedback. So if you'd like to participate, please send an email saying, please, I want to participate, to speaks at scarymommy.com. We'll send you back a survey, and you can give us your opinion. The first 50 people who respond get a $50 Amazon gift card. Sounds awesome, right? Can I do it? And one more time, guys, if you want to participate, it speaks at scarymommy.com. All right, mamas. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had such a blast. 
And if you love this show, make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help more moms find us. And if you want some more Scary Mommy in your life, be sure to subscribe to Scary Mommy Speaks wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want even more Scary Mommy, check out our articles and videos on ScaryMommy.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Scary Mommy Speaks is a Some Spider production. This episode was produced by Dorothy Abrams and Julie Katakis, edited by Dorothy Abrams, and recorded and mixed by Weston Fonger. Music provided by Audio Network. Special thanks to Sam Bellingham and Angelina Powers at Vinyl Mix. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. So email your comments to speaks at scarymommy.com. Scary Mommy Speaks. (laughs) 